This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Yeah. Yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws? Feathers or fur? Sharp teeth or feet with claws? Whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves. Then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows. Have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck their censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff. Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his songs about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Welcome to the Wolf and Our Bonus episode It's me, Tom Day, oh no, it's me and Tom Davis Wow, uh, I'm, quite, you, like, I'm quite hung, I'm hungover I'm Are hungover. you hungover? How, out of ten, how hungover are you? Uh, seven Mate, I'm, I'm on a two day hangover at the moment Right, right. Like, I, I was I was pretty loaded two days ago. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, you know, you got to think, you start thinking about giving this shit up, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's man. like, yeah. Like, how, how, you know, writing a day off. Writing two days off is savage, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's like today, I can tell you now, I'm just going to, I'll do little and nothing. I'll regress to like a fucking teenage boy just sitting in my pants playing like Xbox or something. And, you know. Bear, bearing in mind that you and I are supposed to be trying to lose weight at the moment. How will, <laughs> will you, will you take a, will you take a break? From your uh, dietary restrictions today, do you think? Yeah, I might look. I'll, the only thing I'd say is yesterday, in my really hungover state, I played uh, 18 holes of golf. And then today, I did get up first thing and do a massive session of weights with Standard Man. So even hungover, I just I have to try and do that. Because mm. you know why, though? That isn't even because of losing weight. That Otherwise, I will, I'm the worst person in a hangover you'll ever meet. Mm. I get so low. <laughs> it's yeah, unbelievable. Just... So, so you're hungover, but you managed to do a massive session today. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's admirable. I've done nothing so far. Like, not nothing. Like, I'm in bed now. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. You, and you're looking like, you, to be fair, you look okay in hangover. You look kind of bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Like, your hair looks nice. Thanks. Yeah. I thought it's two days after your sort of fit skin sort of dries out. You get yeah. a couple of spots yeah. around your nose area. You ever, did you ever have bad spots as a kid or anything? I did, yeah, really bad spots. Did you? Yeah. You had what? Not acne, but just bad spots. I just, I, I remember I had one like on the on the bridge of my nose, and it sort of took over. My, it just took over that 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 land space to the point where it was so big and it was so dominating. I actually started to I started to try and get myself mentally ready for the fact that that might be what my nose looked like from then. Do you know what I mean, it was like, <laughs> it's like it was like an old drunk's nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was honestly, mate. It was like so massive. How old were you so, at this point? Uh, well, th- this is the frightening thing. So it first happened when I was 14, but then right. like, but then like every few years after that, up until I went, I'd, I'd say early twenties, it would sort of every now and again, come back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's really horrible. Like a, like a really bad sequel of a movie. Do you, do, yeah. Do you like, know? You, like yours too. Yeah. <laughs> it, mate, as you've said it, I've just remembered, I've, I, I've actually put, I packaged that away in some dark recess of my mind and talking to you about it now. 
has brought it right back. It was horrifying because I thought, I remember what, this is really, this is, you know, when you sort of get desperate to try and get rid of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so basically I got like, I got like an exfoliant, like it's almost like sandpaper thing for your face yeah. and basically tried to fucking grate it off. And <laughs> Why don't you just squeeze it? Well, I did, but it was just still like, it just wasn't budging. What so did pus come out? Did it, did it explode or? It didn't explode. It's sort of just, you know, like, you know, like uh, how I imagine it's how you jizz in your 70s. <laughs> just kind of just like a little <laughs> tiny little fucking. A little speck pathetic. comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bit of dust came out. <laughs> like like somebody sort of like casually looking out of a window just to see who's coming, who's, <laughs> whether it's the delivery driver. Yeah. Or, but yeah. Then, and, then, and then I sort of grated it, like not grated it, but, you know, sanded it. And it sort of went down a bit. But then that part of my nose was a different colour to the rest oh. of my face. And then I thought, oh, fuck, I've actually permanently changed the colour. Mate, I, 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 as I'm saying this to you, it sounds mental. This is what I was going through. This is like in my early 20s. I was like, you know, when you're fucking so hung up on what you look like. You know, yeah, yeah. Little, little did I realise that I had a lifelong career of being an ugly <laughs> of it. But, but, you know, at that time... <laughs> At that time, I remember like my first acting job, and I got one similar sort of space, but it was just sort of round to sort of like just above the sort of like right nostril. Mm. And uh, I literally woken up the day I was doing this this filming, and it was like genuine, like so big, like a massive whitehead. And then um, people were like, "Don't pick it, don't pick it," because it would, you know, it would just make it worse, type of thing. Mm. Da, 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 like you know, be able, but it, the pain of it was searing. It was a searing pain. Mm. Right, so I thought I need to do something about this. So I squeezed it, mm. and that exploded. I mean, that you know when it just on the mirror, yeah. like you know, like a cartoon. Did you film that? Uh, I wish I had because I mm. actually sit and watch those videos sometimes. Oh my god, do, they are. Yeah. Uh, no, you don't. I do. I don't. I don't. Why the fuck? Do, why are those videos? I, I, it's horrible. I find them so interesting. Oh god, it's horrible, man. Even Mate, thinking what, about it now makes me feel rank. It's disgusting. Really? I love it when you see someone with like a massive, like fucking, like ingrown hair or like a like blackhead that they've. I saw. Sort I, of, I, I was scrolling through TikTok. I saw somebody like a, on a dog, sort of squeeze a thing out of a dog's back. Oh really? I was just like, honestly, mate, I wish I hadn't said it now. You can't, you can't unsee that shit. No, 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 it no, stays no. with you for a while. That kind of stuff. Anyway, one of my stuff. one of my friends. Uh, oh yeah, so yeah, I'll, I'll, get, I'll finish this story and get on to the next one, but. Uh, so yeah, I squeeze it, and then most, be, you know, most people take turns with telling stories. But you fucking <laughs> loaded it up like a fucking <laughs> I like, I like an, to back an, him an, up. An, anecdote jukebox over here. Yeah, go. <laughs> but then I was like, what I don't want to do is it to come back. So I squeezed it and squeezed it. But then, yeah. like when I looked at my nose, I'd squeezed it so much that my right hand side of my nose just looked so big. Mm. So then I just had like an ice cube on it when I turned yeah. up to. Like for ages, just held an ice cube to it. It's so sort of desperate, isn't it? Oh, it's so pathetic. And then the makeup woman's just like looked at it and she went, "Oh my god, this is yeah, this is yeah." Um, well, I don't know what you shouldn't have picked this. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I know that now." And then she was going around. She got her boss to come and look at it, like the main makeup person, and you know. And then, like in the thing, you can sort of see I've had so much fucking powder put on it. Mm. Like it's really dry. It's yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. 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 When, when they put that much powder on it, it, it's like icing sugar on a fucking pastry, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is so like gross. <laughs> it looks so horrible, and it oh, looks it's... so because it all. You know what it is? It's like um, you know, 
when they put chalk down to find like fossils or whatever, and it just like covers the circumference of of the fossil. So it's sort of everything yeah. else that's normal, but then you've just yeah. got like a real like you you can see the sort of sweaty like the sort of like sepum still coming out of it that's just eating up the dust. <laughs> It's just oh, it's sort of formed a paste or something. I don't know. It's so it's so disgusting. It's so right, every all shots must be from Tom Davis's left side of his face. Nothing straight on. Yeah. Talking of like ingrown hairs and like such, one of my friends had an ingrown hair on the back of his bollocks. Okay, how, so, to... so how did it? First of all, what, what? How did he first become aware of of that? Of that? Well, he's checking his bollocks as we all should for uh, for testicular cancer, making sure his nuts are okay. Um, and also probably just scratching and playing with them a bit anyway. Um, and then, uh, did he, did and he then ask you, did he, did he say to you, look, Tom, I don't mind you telling this story, but can you do me a favor and tell people that I was checking my nuts for testicular cancer? When, <laughs> Mate, I've not run this past him and, uh, right. you know, I, you know, and shout out Ryan. I, I wouldn't want to oh, good. Yeah. Let's name him. Let's name him. Let's name him. I, I haven't run the story past him. So let me just give you his name. <laughs> um, but, um, and then he said he, he, he felt like a searing pain. Like yeah. when he touched his uh his, the back of his ball bag. Yeah, yeah, the back of his balls, you're like, Oh, what the fuck's that? So he gets a bit worried. Yeah. Obviously. Um and then uh, at the time he didn't have a girlfriend, so he had to get one of our other mates to check and see what it was. Because yeah. otherwise um, that would have been a treat for the missus. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know I don't know if that happened to you or you or I. It's just cat and Lisa. Uh, Lisa Lisa, have you fi- have you finished your breakfast? I don't know, before but before you tuck in, come and check this out. Can you have a look at the back of my ball bag, please? I think it's grown a nose. Um, <laughs> I've tried sanding it down, but nothing's working. Um, so um, it's have a mate. And I was to shout out the, the guy who looked, what a legend of a person, do you know what I mean? Um, and I won't name him because just in case he gets embarrassed, but um, he uh, you, so so you he don't mind, it. you don't mind naming the guy with the ingrown hair, but. No, no, but he tells his the story guy... all the time anyway. Okay. Um, so... not, on a, not on podcasts, though, I imagine. <laughs> He's never been on a podcast. Is it Joe Rogan? Is that his... <laughs> Ryan Rogan. Um, <laughs> so he checked it and he said, look, uh, mate, this, like, this thing, and it, apparently it was like, you know, like sort of massive. It was, you know, because where it had grown and grown and the hair had sort of grown, the hair grows, right? And it makes mm. it sort of like lump bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, he said, I, you know, I need to sort of, uh, wish you that we'll go down the hospital to go to the doctors and sort of see what they can do. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so basically, uh, um, my other, I was named him then, came to the pub and told us all what had happened. Um, and then sort of, uh, Ryan basically had to go to the doctors and the doctors, then they had to, he had to, like surgery to get it out. Um, cause it was so embedded and so, so long. Uh, oh, so what, oh God, I was about to ask such a, so what position do you have to be then for that surgery on all fours or something? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> get ready for doggy style. Yeah, no, was, yeah. I think you had to be on all fours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When when he when he acts it out when he's had a few drinks, he always does it like he's on all fours. Right. Okay. Fine, yeah. Fine. But he said it was the pain was was unbelievable. So yeah. this has become a bit for for Ryan then. Yeah, when he's had a few beers and stuff, yeah, yeah. he he tells people. Yeah, I mean he's got like a couple of kids and stuff now, so yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> I haven't actually heard the story from him for a while, but you know, actually, yeah. Well, once you, have, once you have once you have kids, you sort of think I'm. You have kids, and you think I'm a father now. Maybe I maybe I'm too old to be telling this story about that ingrown hair on the back of my ball bag. Maybe 
Maybe the times of me clambering up onto the dining table and getting on all fours are behind me. That's what I said to the doctor. In all fairness, I've I've carried the torch now. I've made sure yeah, I've well sort of like, I have to well bring done. it up in, in in sort of conversations. But yeah, and then they got it out. He said it, but, but yeah, he and then I showed him the hair after. Why? So it was really because he wanted to see it. Yeah, but he said it. He was wanted like, to see yeah. the hair. Yeah, but I said that would have been a good one to film. <laughs> like for like no for yeah you know, when because I love watching those one, those channels and stuff. Like sometimes like when we've been at family parties, me and my cousins will all sit around and watch them. My Catherine finds them disgusting. Yeah. Um, what, what, a hor- what a horrible insight into your family. <laughs> <laughs> Just you and your fucking cousins all gathered around a laptop watching videos of fucking spot spin. Uh, anyway. Uh, you know, worse than acne, I think, is backne. I, I don't think I've had backne, actually. No, I've not. I've had a couple of spots on my back on most people, you know. Mm. But yeah, backne is, yeah. Shout out to anyone who's ever suffered from backne. Um, my thoughts and my condolences are with you. And condolences? Legend. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you say if you feel sorry for someone, right? Commiserations. Though. Oh, <laughs> my sympathies. My condolences are when somebody's died. I use condolences if, like, for yeah. football. If yeah, like, just, so you, just so you know, whenever you, whenever you say, I use it for, that gives it no extra gravity. But just so you know. When you go to me, yeah, but that's what I use it for. I don't give a shit. Okay. Yeah, no, but, but have you never used condolences for? I've done anything? it in a, in a jokey way. Like, you know, if somebody's team gets relegated or has a complete, you go, my condolences. Yeah, well, I do team. that, but seriously. When you're like... shitting. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're seriously using that word incorrectly. Okay. In fact, in fact, you know what? I, I'm going to look this up. Shall we look this up? I, I, yeah, look it up. Because I, I, I beg to differ on this one. You beg to differ on this one, do you? Yeah. Okay, meaning of, here we go, an expression, this is the definition, an expression of sympathy, especially on the occasion of the death of a person's relative or close friend. Especially, but not specifically, is what I'd say. Not not specifically, no. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, so you admit you're you're wrong. Okay, listen. Let me just explain something. If you want to keep saying condolences when somebody's dropped a donut or whatever, that's fucking up to you. I don't give a shit. Okay? <laughs> yeah, hungover <laughs> Rob's my favourite Rob. <laughs> <laughs> You've got like a candle wick of patience. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, mate. Okay. <laughs> Time for some emails. This is uh, from Mort. Mort? Mort, yeah. I've never, you know what, shout out Mort, because I, I didn't know it was a real name. Do you I knew it was in Family Guy, but... Yeah, and it's also uh, one of the um, Terry Pratchett books is called Mort, isn't it? Yeah, I mean... Why are you doing that? Why are you getting all dismissive? It's just, no, it's just... What's wrong with you? Why? why? <laughs> no, I did that. No, 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 no. I, like, why I say one of the Terry Pratchett books, and you respond to that like I've just got my dick out in public. No, it's just it's the way you tried to sound so cool when you said it. You tried to you tried to sound so cool, like you would be. You were like, yeah. And, uh, also, it's one of the words. <laughs> yeah. Also, it's one of the names of one of Terry Pratchett's books. 
like, like you ran your hand through your hair as you oh, said. Oh, shut up, shut up. Don't embellish it like you do the fucking ball bag story, mate. Okay. <laughs> Are you a big Terry Pratchett fan? No, not no, not massive. But I remember like being a kid and I, I read more... The only reason I'm not the only reason, but one of the reasons I remember more is because that's one of the, the, the like the three of them that I read when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. But, actually, yeah. by the way, someone who caddied for me went to you, you taught at school, a kid called Bradley. He, he's actually spoke very highly of you. Um, you were quite funny in class. No, I bet you were really. I bet you were really. Funny. Actually, it was very nice about you, but I did say that if my, you know, I'd be seething if like the first description that someone had of my kids' math teacher was that they were hilarious. <laughs> And also, I will say this, Bradley really struggled with keeping up with the scores yesterday. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use gift mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. But any indictment me and Jamie needed about yeah. <laughs> your math teaching was the fact that this guy couldn't uh, add six and eight together, which yeah. is fourteen. Nice, good, good. The 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 the, the mental arithmetic there is very impressive. Okay. Um, hi, Rom and Tom. Brackets love the podcast. For context, I recently moved houses after fifteen years of living in Crawley and finally getting comfortable with the place. My parents very suddenly decided to move to Croydon without any prior notice. I had been attending Hazelwick, that's a school I taught at, and was really enjoying the company of people there and was genuinely upset when I left. I'm currently in a school that... I, so this... more is at school. Wow. Um, uh, I'm currently oh, in a... more, maybe our youngest ever emailer. Yeah. I'm yes, cur- Mort. My guy. I'm currently... <laughs> I'm currently in a school that I've joined halfway through during COVID, one year before my GCSEs, and I'd rather be back in my hometown. Do the Wolf and Owl have any tips on making new friends and stepping out of your comfort zone? Because I would, ki- this is lovely. I would kill to have a friendship like you guys. Much love, wow. Mort. P.S. Paddington 2, one of my top three movies of all time. Doesn't, wow, mention, doesn't mention anything about the German production of Age of Cannibals. But um, okay. I'm assuming so it's firstly, in the top 10 or something. I think that one of the first things that we could potentially do as one of our youngest writers, and we, you know, as you all know, our uh, listeners are our family, you're our kin. Um, you could potentially move in Romish's house um, in Crawley. Yeah, but it, no, he's moved out of Crawley. Yeah, yeah, but he could move in with you and go back to his old school. What? So what? You say, I'm adopting him. <laughs> he could go and live with you, though. No, you haven't got to adopt him. He just lives with you five days a week. Right. You're Lisa and the boys, and then he travels back. You drop him in Croydon like Friday night and pick him up on Monday morning, <laughs> <laughs> like a divorcee. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like he's your oldest kid. It'd be good right. for the boys. 
be good yeah. for like the three, you know, because on the basis that they've got an older kid who's sort of a little bit more wily, and he'll know older kids within the school that they might go to, right? Yeah, okay. So there's that offer there. Well, let's look into the legalities of that more. If you're up for that, get in touch. Uh, check yeah, no, with obviously, you'd have to speak to his parents as well. Yeah, yeah. Check, well, you check with your parents more, and then come back to me. Uh, uh, email in again. Um, yeah. but that could be, how many, you, have you got a spare room? Uh, no. But Mort can bunk up with Lisa and I'll sleep downstairs. <laughs> Cut to Mort sitting with his parents going, please. <laughs> um, now, Mort, uh, let me tell you something. I had exactly the same happen- thing happen to me. I changed schools midway through my GCSEs because my, uh, fa- my family, uh, had a, my dad had uh, basically everything went tits up for my dad, and so I ended up having to move schools. And um, it's hard. It is hard. I don't know how long you've been at this school for, more, but what I'm going to tell you is, you will make friends quickly. You know, because at that age, uh, friendships get made quickly. I know it's difficult because uh, my eldest son is going through something very similar because he's gone to a secondary school started this year, and he's decided to go to a. Uh, 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 he's going to a secondary school where none of the kids he went to primary school with are at. So he's having that same situation where he's trying to make friends and stuff. It will happen. I know it feels weird because you're out of your comfort zone and all of these things are, are very unfamiliar and there's a comfort in in knowing things backwards. There's a comfort in seeing familiar faces. Of course there is. You will start to feel like that about this new place very, very quickly. So, you know, I, I can't make it fit. We can't make it. I can't give you any advice to make it feel better immediately, but I can promise you that it will start to feel better. So, you know. That would be and I, I would say this more. Uh, this will, uh, in your life development and your skills going forward, this will be an amazing thing because it will it will give you, you know, it, you've had to step out of your comfort zone at a young age. Uh, and I'd say that um, one of Ramesh's main skills is he's very affable in a lot of uh you know, in any situation I've ever seen him, him in, he's very, uh, although he may not sort of agree, but he's very comfortable, he's great with people, and some of that will be down to the fact that at a young age he's had to he's had to go and do that. I mean, I, you know, if I'm honest with you, uh, I stayed at the same school for my whole secondary school and constantly had to find new friends because I was ign- annoying the old ones. <laughs> <laughs> I started off being friends just, with kids who are four years work, older. Just, and... just working your way through the year, Greg. Well, that's another group done. Uh, but Until I was like in the, in the final year of school, hanging around with a load of year sixes. <laughs> <laughs> but look, the truth, the truth of the matter is, it's um, I, I guess it's again, it's that thing of just you know, if if you've got any hobbies you do or, or bits you do, sports you play, that's always a great way of getting getting in with people. And if it's yeah. not sports, it's you know, it's, it's picking the right group. But also, yeah. you can be a bit fussy, and also make you know, make yourself epically cool. You know, make make people come to you. That's what I'd say. That's the other one. Yeah. Make yourself like the most exclusive bar in Las Vegas that everyone wants to come to. That's what you should do. Everyone should do. That's a little it's bit quite of a compli- everyone. Quite a complicated instruction. But if you can, <laughs> if you can follow that more, that advice to become like the most exclusive bar in Las Vegas, <laughs> then uh, give yeah. that a go. Uh, keep in touch, more. Let us know how it's yeah. going, man. And also, if, obviously, the offer's there for Rob to live with Romish for a little bit. I mean, sure. it's not even long because he's only doing his GCSEs. Obviously, yeah. it'll be longer if he stayed at sixth form. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think maybe, you know, do GCSEs and then go to a college in Croydon, I think, w- would help would help me out.
Next email is from Tom. Thomas, actually, he's put Thomas. Uh, Dear Wolf, Allen Swan, uh, love the podcast, um, et cetera, et cetera. It's just very nice things. Based on Tom's reaction to most people who email in, I get the sense he's a very positive, glass-half-full kind of guy and sees the best in people. My question is, have either of you had a good first impression of someone only to realise they're a total bellend? Or the other way around, where someone has redeemed themselves from a bad first impression? For context, when I first met my soon-to-be wife, she thought I was gay. And when I met my best man at uni, I thought he was going to be a clingy nerd. Keep doing you. Thomas. Thomas, great question. Actually, this is my top five questions of all time on this podcast. Shout oh, out to you. Um, fucking hell. <laughs> no, I, and you know what? First impressions, uh, like everyone says, oh, first this whole squalor and squander about um, uh, first impressions meaning everything. I think the fact is some of the most, I think some of my favourite friendships and favourite uh, life souls uh people that maybe yeah i didn't um i didn't i didn't sort of click with first of all and 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 we've had to sort of take that time to develop a relationship uh there's, yeah there's been people that i've been infatuated with or thought i thought oh my god this person's going to be a friend for life this person's incredible um and uh and then sort of slowly and surely they've um yeah they've proved me wrong and they turn out to be a massive bellend or a massive tool and you know that's just yeah that is just life i, th- I think the truth of the matter is people are complex and people are you know i think we're you know going back to uh young mort's email i think we're we even as the older we get whatever i think the first this whole sort of like yeah what's what's your first impression of someone i think it's that impression is never the accurate impression of what the person is it's an impression of what you want them to be i think that's that's the thing with with life that i'd say so you can build up a quite spectacular sort of way of imagining what your friendship's like or what you know if they're going to be a but so even sometimes before you've met them you have a you you've you've built up a scenario in your head and actually the truth of the matter is people are always going to fall short or they're going to fall long of that and the truth of the matter is it, everything's built upon every friendship like you know my friendship with Romesh is genuinely one of my favorite friendships of my life but you know we we met on the circuit and we were we were pals and I'd like used to love when I used to gig with him and then when we we went to the, the job together in Manchester we were sort of thrown together on a basis that everyone else thought we were a couple of fucking idiots and losers. <laughs> and our relationship, but it's really solidified our relationship. And everyone else on that job, this is going back quite a few years, had quite a big profile. So you sort of like going into it, and I knew Rom, and Rom and me were at a similar level of our careers, but we were sort of certainly at the bottom rung of that whole thing. Mm. And everyone else had a bigger profile. So in, that, in my head, I'd already gone, oh my God, this person, this person, we were really excited to meet them. And all of those people, without being harsh all of them fell short of what i thought they'd be whereas romish there like was just an absolute rock and an absolute legend and was just a joy to be around so you know not to say that everyone there i've subsequently worked with them or seen them again and get on with them but it's you know it's life it's just just i think and sometimes you know one of my favorite things is uh you know my blossoming friendship with thierry on rain so do not, don't, 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 don't do this <laughs> no, i'm just saying that i thought i never thought we'd be friends but yeah, obviously we text so, each other. So just, just to give this some context, yeah. which, to, which Tom obviously knew that I would do. He's just thrown that out there. Uh, Tom, Thierry Henry came on to Tom's show, Red Nap's Big Night Out. And since then, Tom Davis and Thierry Henry have become We've, besties. Well, not besties. We, we text. We text a bit. And uh, he's just, you know what? But but my, I, I was like, this guy's so epic, epically cool. And yeah. And I'm I'm not, 
it was like, yeah, but it's a friendship built on me thinking he's amazing and him thinking that, you know, oh, this guy seems like he'd do most things for me. <laughs> do, do, um, do you reply to his text straight away? Uh, no, not, not always. No, I'm the same as with anyone. I, mm. I, yeah, genuinely, the, the story is he, he was talking about everyone on the show and he was saying amazing things about everyone. And then he got to me and went, Tom, you're just a very normal man, a very average guy, just a very normal person who's just here, like with life. And I was like, oh, thank Sorry, you. Sorry, um, was he doing an impression of Ivan Drago? <laughs> yeah. He's an incredible impressionist. Did he then finish uh, off by going, you will lose? If he does, he does. <laughs> um, my voice is so deep, it's really hard to get that. Sure, that, sure, sure. That Gaelic twang. Um, and then I sort of, and then he said to me that, yeah, it was just because you, he said, you are the same with everyone. And that is what I like about you. You don't treat me any differently from anybody else. Mm. And that was, yeah. And that was a, the beginning of, yeah. So. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I mean let, let's be honest. He's wrong about that. You don't treat him differently to anyone else. Because if you did treat him the same as everyone else, you'd be telling me about anybody else you've started texting on this fucking podcast. <laughs> Maybe let him know that you've decided to do an announcement. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, congratulations on fucking becoming mates with one of my favourite ever players of all time, you prick. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, in answer to your question, Thomas, see, see a lot. Uh, see, one of the things is people think that I'm the sort of the horrible one of us two because whenever somebody emails in, you always go, "You're an amazing person. We should meet up. Uh, you know, let, let's come round to my house or whatever." And I don't do that. And, and one of the reasons I don't do that is because I value sort of the safety and well-being of my family. But the other thing, the other one of the other things is, I don't, I don't have a negative impression of people, but I do think it's easy to get carried away and think that somebody's going to be, you know, like I don't know. I, I, I'm about to sound like I'm going to say, "Oh, people disappoint you," or whatever. But I just think when you meet somebody and you really get on, it's very easy to think, "Oh, this person's going to be a really good mate," or whatever. And you put too much pressure on that and you expect too much of people. I just think it's better to be a bit measured about these things, you know? And, and the truth is, it's like, you know, when Tom talks about when we met on, uh, on that job in Manchester or whatever, it wasn't like, you know, you sort of think, oh, we really do get on and it feels like we could be mates. And I, I don't know. Like, I, I think you just sort of, you got to take things as they come. I don't think you should put too much pressure on that sort of thing, you know? And, and, and actually there's been times when I've said, you know, I, in, in terms of, friends i'm no longer in the market really yeah well what is it just a closed shop now pretty much how you. long in, how long has that been since you i mean look I'm, I'm always open for more friends i mean I, I find it hard to keep on top of the ones that I've you surprise you surprise me <laughs> no but i uh, you know i i always think right we've got to think of our lives as that we are in an ocean right and you know, say that you are a dolphin, right? And you're a pride of dolphins. You know, and you're all swimming around with the dolphins. And one day you like, you know, nudge up and you meet a whale and you get on really, really well with them. And you're like, oh, fucking hell, actually whales are cool. And then before you know it, you're a dolphin and you've got like a couple of mates that if you're ever like in the Southern Hemisphere that you hang around with whales, do you know what I mean? And then one day you meet a shark and you're like, oh, everyone be careful of sharks. They're horrible. And you meet the shark and like, you know, the shark's so are you just right. doing So are you just doing the plot of Finding Nemo? <laughs> What I'm saying, yeah, is don't judge a fish before you've seen them. And by fish, I mean human. By like, yeah, you know, yeah. But, but also, also the other thing is none of the creatures you named are fish. They're they're all mammals. 
Right. Oh no, sorry, a shark is a fish, to be fair. A shark is right. a fish. Okay, but what I'm saying, right? It's mammals can be friends with fish, right? Because my last one was this one. And oh yeah, that's like, what you that's what that's what you right. No, my last one is like, yeah, and then basically you are like this dolphin who's not got mates like who are whales and sharks and dolphins, mm. one day is like swimming down the Suez sw- 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 Canal. What's the canal? Suez. So, so what's this story? So, there's a shark <laughs> swimming down the Suez Canal. No, no, Suez Canal, yeah, like yeah. a no a dolphin. A dolphin. And like, he's no because he's just having a bowl about the ocean. Yeah. And then one day he, uh, and then he sort of like puts his head up, and there's like a giraffe there. He just makes friends in with the him. Suez on the on what on the banks of the Suez Canal. There's a giraffe. Oh yeah, or a camel, whatever. Right, and he's just there. He makes friends with him, right? And basically, there he's like, "Oh, I actually got really well with him." And I always thought anyone who was on land was an asshole because, you know, obviously, like because of conspiracy and stuff, right? So, <laughs> so what I'm saying is, open your heart and always be ready for yeah. new boundaries and new friendships. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're a dolphin that's watched conspiracy and therefore thinks that everyone on land's an asshole, try and be, <laughs> try and be a little bit more. Uh, oh god Uh, anyway listen I was only joking I'm always open to making new friends I'm just saying you know I think we've just made a new friend in Thomas yeah we have but I guess the advice I'm trying to give you Thomas in summary is don't put too much pressure on these things mate. Uh, Rom and Tom I like both of your work this is funny actually Murder Successful is amazing. And the latest few series of the Ranga Nation have been great. I even watched and didn't mind Judge Romesh. I was not aware about this podcast until... <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you. What sad indictment of the fact <laughs> I even watched and didn't actually mind. Well, thank you. So, I'm so glad that it didn't make you throw up. Um, <laughs> I wasn't aware of this podcast until a few weeks ago. Anyway, to listen to many, that many episodes is quite good for me considering I have a two-and-a-half-year-old Isabel and a six-month-year-old Finlay. Uh, I feel like the two bits of content I've been ingesting recently, the most of your podcast and Moana, seems to be on our TV at least once a day. It has some banging tunes in it, but I feel it won't be long until it's ruined by, my, for me by overplaying. I like Moana. It's great. It's a great film. It's, it's a great a film. A wonderful piece of You're welcome. Uh, thanks for the podcast. Wow. I have some questions for you fine gentlemen. So actually, most of the email has given, him, given us a bit of background. Questions yeah. are right at the bottom here. How much alcohol do you drink on average during the week? I try and not drink Monday to Thursday, but usually fail, although I do have two small kids. I don't think I drink loads. A few beers Friday and Saturday and some wine Sunday, but I'm curious to what you guys drink. Hoping it'll be loads and make me feel better. That's the first question. Uh, I'm, I'm up and down with booze, if I'm honest with you. Like, I'll, I'll go through spates where I indulge a little bit more at the moment probably on a monday i'll have a few drinks after we did a red nap show i had a couple of beers yesterday mm. <laughs> had a couple of beers yesterday yeah i'm like yeah yesterday lunchtime and you're out tonight eh? no i'm out tomorrow for a few beers mm. and then um i've got a party saturday so yeah we'll have a few beers over the um this week but then the week before i didn't drink anything so it's it's, it's very much a i'm a yeah i i if it, I, I wouldn't say that i really seriously indulge or i'm what, what's the ones that, you know where you you'll drink a lot at sort of like certain times and binge. indulge or binge that's it yeah, yeah. uh i'm a, uh um yeah i'm quite a binge drinker i guess yeah i, I basically i will burn the life out of it and then turn around and go actually i'm, I'm not going to do this for like 
three, four months, and then I can abstain, and I'm pretty good with with not drinking. So I went out last night, as you know, uh, yeah. and I was with a uh, friend of the Wolf and our Jeff Nilcott. Yes. And uh, we had a curry, right? Yeah. And we had two beers as we were eating right. the curry, and those first two beers went down beautifully. And then he ordered a third beer, and I had eaten quite a lot of curry, but the third beer, it felt... I, I don't know how to explain it. Do you ever have that thing where you're so full up yeah, you yeah. feel so uncomfortable that actually even looking at the glass of beer made me feel horrible. Do you know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, I was just sort of, I'm a, I'm a bit, the alcohol's starting to kick in a bit. I'm looking at that part and thinking, I don't want to finish it. It's sitting there fucking looking at me. I feel rank. And then Jeff said to me, do you fancy, after finishing me, he goes, do you fancy having a, a gin and tonic instead? And the words gin and tonic just made me feel immediately better. It's just something about drinking that quantity of beer with curry. I found yeah, it so yeah. stressful. And then I drank so many gin and tonics. It was just, How many did uh, you have? Seven. Oof, boy. My worst thing is I'm a pint man. I, I genuinely, that is my... You don't, move, you don't move off the pints, do you? You can just keep going, keep going, keep no, going. No, genuinely, that's my... But it's a real problem, isn't it? That is... I like, don't think it is a problem. I, you if know, I go out on the session... Yeah. I will, I'm, yeah, and then that's why I, I carry so much weight because I, my, my mates will hit on, go on red wine or they'll go on, yeah. you know, whiskeys or whatever or a cocktail. My wife will always drink like rose and I'll just be leathering. I'll go pint for pint with anyone like that. And, and yeah, and that, but that's just bad. Like, that's, that's, you think about the sheer amount of, you know, a pint is massive. And like, you th- and during the day, I'll probably have five, six pints of water. Yeah, in a session, I could have like 12, 13 pints. 13 sort of. pints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what state are you in after that? To be fair, I was drunk, but not. I'm not leathered, leathered. Once you, I'd say there's certain drinks you get me on, and I'm just gone. Just absolutely gone. Like what? What's, the, like, what's your trigger drink? Red wine, man. I'm just like, oh. Red wine is just a really bad one for me. Oh, mate. When you I come around like, to Shea Ranga for, uh, for dinner that night. Elvino will fly. I want to see red wine, Tom. You know what you're oh, going to do? You're going to come around for dinner. We're yeah. going to give, I'm going to give you some red wine and then I'm going to get my laptop out and we're going to fucking record red wine, Tom. That'd be nice. Red, nice red wine's good, though. You don't get a hangover, do you? Is that, what? What are you talking about? Nice red wine. You don't get as bad. Wine, it, the trigger of wine is the nicer you drink, the less it, bad your hangover is. Complete bollocks. No, it's true. It's the grapes that you use. I'm not saying it has to be even the most expensive, but you've got to look at the sort of, sort of grapes. Because if it's a really, really like sort of bad grape from a bad area, it will give you, it, it's like anything. It's a, more of a toxin. The toxins aren't the same. No, or they've used more additives to make it taste better. Is that true? Really? Yeah, generally, it's really mm. true. An Italian man told me. Okay, okay, well, there you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that must be true then, because uh, Tom's had a chat with Gino DeCampo. We all have to take that as gospel. Okay. He has actually got a second question. Yeah. If you could only use one condiment for the rest of your life, not including salt, pepper, what would you have and why? Ketchup. Without a doubt, ketchup. Like, there's, 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 only, like, there's others that I look at and I go, yeah, mustard is an absolute G. Brown sauce is absolutely delicious at times. Barbecue sauce, sweet chili. These are, these are condiments that I admire and I fucking hold dear to my heart. But if there can only be one, Ketchup goes with everything, from a roast dinner to a bacon sandwich. Doesn't go with a roast dinner. It does. To a, yeah, I'm not saying have it all the time, but you have ketchup with a roast dinner. It, it doesn't embarrass itself. How would it embarrass itself? 
Well, I'm just saying. But, but hold on. Okay. Let me, so if you put brown sauce on there, would brown sauce embarrass itself on a roast dinner? Not on a roast dinner, I don't think brown sauce. But, but there's some stuff you wouldn't. You couldn't have brown sauce with spaghetti and bolognese. No, that's true. So you, but neither we, would you have. Neither would you have ketchup. We'd have ketchup. You could have ketchup on a spaghetti bolognese. You can, itself. but you're a. Fu- it makes you a fucking yeah. lunatic. <laughs> no, but it wouldn't embarrass itself. You know what I'm saying? You if you have, you couldn't have brown sauce with pizza, it'd embarrass itself. You you can have ketchup. Have... You can't have ketchup with a pizza. Yeah, you can, but it doesn't. Yeah, I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying if he did, it doesn't embarrass itself. But this is weird. New criteria you've made up. It no. doesn't embarrass itself, and then you're just okay. fucking throwing it out. Oh, it doesn't. Embar- I'm not saying you right. should. I'm not saying it makes it better. I'm not saying you'd enjoy it, but it doesn't embarrass itself. What no, the fuck but are you what talking we... about? <laughs> no, just right. Give me three different. Give give me three different scenarios, with, and then we'll do different sauces with them. Three different meals. Go on. Meal one. Go. Lasagna. Ketchup goes all day. You couldn't have brown sauce. You couldn't have barbecue. Couldn't have mustard with it. Couldn't have sweet chili sauce. Doesn't work. But ketchup does. Okay. Uh, curry. Curry, uh, yeah, ketchup would still work with certain curries. <laughs> no, tell, me the curry, tell me the curry that you'd have ketchup with. Uh, I might put it on a bit of masala to give it a little bit more sweetness. Um, uh, if I was, I'll tell you what, I might even dip my um, onion bhajis or my samosas in it and ketchup if I didn't have any mango chutney. And ch- ketchup wouldn't embarrass itself. But mustard, you wouldn't have mustard with curry because you've already got the, the heat. You wouldn't have barbecue sauce. You certainly wouldn't have mayonnaise with a curry, would you? I would. I would argue barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce on a samosa could be pr- pretty delightful. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but then barbecue sauce you couldn't have with macaroni cheese. You can't. Okay. You uh, have ketchup macaroni. Try ketchup. Stir ketchup into macaroni cheese. It's life changing. Okay. Um, and then uh, sushi. Of course you'd have ketchup. I've had ketchup with sushi. Yeah, of course you have. Yeah, I was giving you an easy one to go out on. Um. I always have like three or four sachets of ketchup, like in a little bag that I carry around with me. In a little bag? <laughs> no, I have my bag, but then I'll carry like, I've got like a little, like a thing with some ketchup. Okay. Because f- ketchup is famously difficult to get hold of in food establishments. <laughs> no, but certain places don't do it, or they frown if you ask. Right, okay. There's certain um, restaurants I, you go to. I, I, I think the same as you, except for just insert hot sauce where you've said tomato ketchup. All of those meals you can add hot sauce to, and it's great. Yeah, but sometimes, like, I do agree with you. I'm not even going to pour scorn on what you've said, but I will say this. You don't always fancy the heat, right? So you're going to sit there, and you look at your fish and chips, and you go, oh, I'm going to have hot sauce on my fish and chips. Yeah. You don't really fancy heat. I can't imagine a time when I would not fancy heat. Wow. Yeah, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's you. This is me. I'm just saying that that's a bit abnormal. It's a bit crazy. Yeah, sure. Would you have hot sauce? Sure, sure. (laughs) Sure. It's a bit crazy, but dipping your samosa in tomato ketchup is fine. Uh, what I, 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 can I at this point give a shout out to Mark the Ribman for his uh, holy fuck hot sauce? We love it. Yeah, that podcast. is incredible. By the way, that is amazing. I don't know if you listen to this podcast, but also get get what's the cut those hats sent out, bro. Those hats are sick. Mm. Really nice hats. Okay, last email. Hit us up, baby. Hit me up. This is anonymous. Uh, dear Romy, Tommy and Lisa, firstly, just want to say thanks for the heads up on Crosstown Donuts. I was treated to a dark chocolate number the other day, that's my nickname at school, uh, which was delicious and miles ahead of that artificial tasting Krispy Kreme shit. Um, I have another neighbour related question for you guys. For context, we have had new neighbours move into our block. The new people that now live above us always decide to undertake some extreme DIY 
from around 4 p.m. on weekdays. This is obviously extremely annoying as we try and have a chilled one in the evenings after work, but instead have to put up with constant banging, crashing, and drilling. At times, the noise can go on until 11 p.m. And as a light sleeper, it's very frustrating, especially as my other half seems to be able to sleep through pretty much anything. We have not spoken to them yet. However, a couple of weeks ago, my other half went upstairs and knocked on the door to politely ask them to keep the noise down. However, they did not open the door. They definitely heard the knock as they went quiet briefly before starting up again minutes later. Other than moving house, what can we do to regain our sanity within our home? I can feel myself getting more and more worked up about it. And I think any sort of contact with the neighbour has the potential to come off as quite aggressive due to my naturally sarcastic tone of, I mean, yeah, join the club on that one. Uh, Great podcast. Cheers. Anon. Anon. Yo. Um, This is a real dilemma. Me and my wife, actually, we had a a dickhead who used to live above us. Um, And uh, if without being coarse, um, he was often doing a drilling of a different kind um, and would... Uh... Was he doing fracking? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if you were... if you were... Fracking the shit out of someone. Again, it could sound like fracking if you if you had just the right dialect. Um, uh, he, he would... So was it, quite, would... was it quite moaning? Yeah, he and it was him moaning. It was always him, like, moaning. So, oh, God, really? It, yeah. Yeah, like what? Yeah, like, really... do, like, give me a... Give me an impression of that. <clears throat> um, and sometimes I, I think he, he was on his own. Um, but so what? Um, do you think he was making that noise while wanking? Yeah, yeah, I think sometimes. Oh my god, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, he was a strange, strange guy. Um, but also, he would also do DIY. He would constantly walk around with like a little pair of cycling shorts on. Uh, he was a strange, strange pod. Um, and you know what? I, I thought we said. I think I said to him once about making a racket. We in the end, it, it was one of the reasons we moved out of that flat because we just couldn't. He was just so annoying mm. as a human being and sort of very passive aggressive as a person as well. Like you know, um, so. But I don't think you know we, we were moving for other reasons. It wasn't just solely down to him. I think the first port of call is, um, I think, trying to sort of hold the sarcasm back uh, and go and speak to these people. Be you know hard but fair. And, and sort of say, you know, I think even I remember when I brought up with him, it, it was sort of, and he was he was sort of borderline psychotic. I think he even he for a while he he sort of watched his behaviour. Um, I think the truth of the matter is though that if they're not answering the door and they're making that kind of racket, that they, they, you know, you try another couple of times, they don't. I mean, it, it's sort of it's whether you a letter is always the worst thing you can do, isn't it? Um, I suppose it's waiting around for them to come back one day and then just sort of trying to sort of chat to them as they come through the doors. Uh, that could work. Yeah, what that could work. I mean, did, did, did you ever do the thing where you knock on the, you know, you get the broom and like... No, give no, it a no. Little... that's so aggressive. Is it? So aggressive. Yeah, that's, that's... I mean, living in a flat, you do that, you just fucking... You, you know, that is just... Is that the worst thing? Is that what... You might as well take your shit through their letterbox. Well, you would, you would take the shit first and then take it. You wouldn't actually bend over and try and get it through the letterbox. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh yeah, we take the shit and then probably put in some sort of packaging and put it. Yeah, that's Bang that's bad. It. What I just said is bad. Um, I mean, look, you're very sarcastic. You're probably one of yeah at times. Who me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got sort of a sarky little tone to your your voice at times, right? How would you deal with this? Would you? How would you, can you strip back your sarcasm at times? Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to do it now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say okay. I'm the neighbour and you all knock right. on the door. Okay. Hello, mate. You're all right. Yeah, hey. Um, oh God. Oh, uh, I don't think I don't think we've actually spoken for. I'm Ramesh. Nice to yeah, nice yeah, to yeah, yeah. I've seen some of your stuff on TV. Oh, cool. 
Uh, I, hope it, I hope you didn't hate it too much. Um, uh, I actually enjoyed Misadventures. Uh, and actually, I watched Judge Romesh, but I quite enjoyed it, actually, more than me and the wife thought we would. Oh, cool. Yeah, Tom's a, he's a bit of a character, isn't he? Yeah, he's really funny, in it? So, um, listen, bit of a situation. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if you... I, I assume you guys are doing some sort of... Uh, renovations or something it's just i'm just it's why would you say that uh just because um well you know obviously we're we're actually directly below you oh right yeah, and yeah. uh you know it sounds like you're getting a, you're having a bit of work done or, or you're doing well we're doing the work ourselves we haven't all got the money that you have so yeah well you know i haven't got that much money i am living below you uh are you trying to be sarcastic no 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 that, no i was just joking it's a joke no it's just, right, yeah, uh, yeah, okay um, but I just, I just wondered if there's any possibility of maybe, um, you know, is it like, is there any way of finishing earlier or maybe trying to keep it down if there's where soundproofing or, or something? It's just that. Well, uh, actually, we, we, what I'm building is a soundproof, so it will be quieter. So what, what are you, what are you building the soundproof around? I'm actually a DJ. So you're a DJ. Yeah, yeah. I'm Calvin Harris's cousin. Okay, that's. Did you not grow up near each other? No, no, no. My mum moved to England when she was 14. So, yeah. So how, how much longer do you anticipate the work taking? Probably another two weeks, maybe a month. A month? Yeah. Um, is there any way of sort of changing the hours that you're doing it? Because it's a bit of a... Sometimes well, you be, some, some of us have got proper jobs, mate. Which is that sometimes you're... Um, you're going on till eleven o'clock, and uh, you know it feels a bit unreasonable, you know, in terms of. Well, maybe I, if I, if I finished at nine thirty, would that be okay? Uh, yeah. Do you know? Yeah, I think you know. If you, if you, I mean, that would be amazing if you're able to sort of promise that you finish at half nine. That'd be great. Well, I'll do my best to do it. Give me a hundred pounds, and I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, see, actually, to be fair, you're a lot less sarcastic, but you, you couldn't help yourself. You were sarcastic in your like fourth. <laughs> Poor thing that way. Yeah. Uh, okay. But there was well, look. a couple of little curveballs I threw in, and you you, you yeah. managed to not be sarcastic. So yeah, I mean that's for anonymous. That's quite. That's a way of looking at it, mate. I'd imagine, and just being like quite, you know, trying yeah. to sort of. Good know. luck, anonymous. Hope that yeah. helps you. Be back in touch, my brother. Yeah. Uh, this has been the Wolf and Owl bonus episode. Yeah, actually, I want to shout out the Swan because they were they were some of my favourite emails. They were, and you know they were really diverse and really fun. So shout out the Swan for your sterling work this week. Thank you, Swan. Love you, Swan. Um, your Swan. Uh, and you might uh, even have a new house guest. Shout out Mort Rangan Ethan. Well, I don't. I don't think we demand <laughs> that he changes his name. But... Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Wolf and Owl. Goodbye. Yo, you're our princes, you're our kings, you're our queens and princesses. Thank you. We must see you soon. If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.